It's 8 o'clock on today. Coming up, air scares. A bird strike forces a Florida-bound flight to make an emergency landing. While severe turbulence kills a passenger on a private jet. Requesting medical assistance on the runway. Tom Costello is covering the investigation and what flyers need to know. Then, mystery in Iran. New reports this morning, hundreds of schoolgirls have been poisoned, just as the country is seeing the biggest anti-government protests in years. We're live with the latest. And chance encounter. No, 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 you only have one choice. You got chance right here. <laughs> chance the Rapper, the newest coach for The Voice, is here live in our studio to talk about new music, new projects, and what it's like to spin those chairs. Today, Monday, March 6th, 2023. crowd out there a beautiful march day we've got yeah. folks out mm. starting to get to be spring break season that's right yeah. wait to get out sun's coming out earlier mm-hmm. springs on the way i saw a flower yesterday Can outside church forward next yes weekend, is that next weekend next week okay. okay you want a little bit more good news yes, on top of all this one of our favorites is going to be paying Ooh. us a visit in studio tomorrow jimmy fallon oh, he'll wow. be here live he's getting up for early getting us ready for the return of his fun and star-studded show it's called that's my jam oh it'll be fun a good time let's mm-hmm. get to your news at 8 o'clock this morning. New and frightening incidents are adding to recent concerns about air travel safety. In one case, a bird strike forced a Southwest plane to land in Cuba and a separate flight here in the U.S. hit deadly turbulence. NBC's Tom Costello covers aviation for us, joins us with the latest. Tom, good morning. Savannah, good morning. Let's begin with that incident in Havana. This was a Southwest flight leaving Havana for Fort Lauderdale Airport. It took off, but as it took off out of the airport in Havana, it hit one or more birds hitting the nose and also one of the engines. Onboard video shows people panicking as smoke filled the cabin because smoke from that engine, which was on fire, filtered into the plane. People grabbed their oxygen masks and people were very concerned, as you might expect. The crew turned the plane around, landed back in Havana, where firefighters responded, put out the flames, and people jumping down the emergency slides were seen gasping for air and coughing on the runway. Thankfully, everybody made it out alive. The next incident, very serious. A private plane headed from New Hampshire to Virginia over the weekend hit very, very serious turbulence. And with that, one of the passengers on board was killed. The plane had to make an emergency landing in Connecticut as the crew requested an ambulance meet them on the runway. The NTSB and the FAA are investigating that incident. But almost in every single situation in which you hit severe turbulence, it's crew members who are most likely to be injured because they're up walking around. In this case, it appears it was a passenger on a private plane 
who was fatally injured with severe turbulence over the skies, we think, of the Connecticut area. Savannah, back to you. Sad story. Tom, thank you very much. The Memphis Grizzlies have suspended all-star guard John Morant for at least two games, while the league investigates a video shared on his Instagram Live early Saturday morning. In it, Morant is flashing what appears to be a gun inside a nightclub, holding it to the side of his face. Morant has issued an apology to his family, his teammates, his coaches, and fans, saying he does take full responsibility for his actions. The 23-year-old also says he's going to take some time to get help and learn better methods of dealing with stress. Turning now to a mystery that is unfolding in Iran. Over the last few months, hundreds of Iranian schoolgirls report having distressing respiratory symptoms. The government now investigating whether they are being poisoned at school. NBC's Molly Hunter is following this story for us. Molly, good morning. Craig, good morning to you. This is absolutely terrifying, and the videos are distressing to watch. Now, the Iranian government has not yet shared any information from that official investigation they say they have launched. For example, no toxicology reports have been made public yet. Also this morning, dozens more cases have just been reported, and the police say they are putting heightened security at girls' schools across the country. This morning, a troubling crisis escalating across Iran. Dozens more schoolgirls falling mysteriously ill, and it's possible they're being poisoned. Over the weekend, 17 provinces across the country reported new cases. In video verified by NBC News, this girl seen slumped over, her friends frantically trying to help. At the same school, girls gasping for air, coughing, their symptoms terrifying but unexplained. Since November, local media reports more than 2,000 Iranian schoolgirls at more than 60 schools have suffered from mysterious cases of respiratory distress. State TV shows girls coughing, struggling to breathe in hospital beds. This student telling State TV, my whole body is numb, I can't walk. The number one challenge is actually getting samples from uh, an attack or an incident like this and getting them properly verified. So time is absolutely the essence. That's the number one issue in these sort of challenging incidents. Iranian President Raisi announcing an official investigation, the Interior Ministry, without providing any evidence, saying suspicious samples have been collected, while also accusing the media of inciting panic. In the capital of Tehran, over the weekend, there were protests. And this follows months of the biggest anti-government protests Iran has seen in years, sparked by the death back in September of 22-year-old Masa Amini in a hospital three days after being taken into police custody. Many of those protests bravely led by young women and school-aged girls. Activists say it's no coincidence it's now these girls that are falling ill. Now, also this morning, the education ministry has told schools that staff are not allowed to speak with media and that if incidents happen in school, they must keep everyone inside, including any of the girls affected, until emergency services arrive. Now, we have also been able to reach one doctor inside Iran who says now some of these cases, some of these girls are actually being taken to specialty medical clinics instead of the main hospitals. Craig? Molly Hunter for us there. Molly, thank you. We'll be right back after this.
Welcome back. Let's turn it over to Dylan and get a check of weather. Hey. Hey, good morning again, guys. We do have uh, some pretty warm weather moving through the Ohio River Valley today. We're going to see high temperatures about 10 to 20 degrees above average. So enjoy that because after uh, today, we are going to see some cooler temperatures work into areas like Chicago and across Michigan through Indiana and also Illinois, where temperatures will drop back down into the 40s for highs. We're also going to see this little storm system produce just enough snow to make things a little slippery back through Minnesota, Wisconsin into Michigan, and then eventually into Pennsylvania and New York tonight into early tomorrow morning. And more afternoon snow is going to work into California with the next series of storms. We're going to see about two or three storms over the next several days. And that is your latest forecast. All right, Carson, a All whole right. lot of pop start. I'm, I'm hearing words like power through, so we got to <laughs> okay. go. First up, Saturday Night Live over the weekend, NFL champ Travis Kelsey made his SNL hosting debut, oh, and he brought true. along the whole family, the Kansas City tight end. Quick to poke fun at the awkward family tension, of course, comes with going against your own brother <laughs> at the Super Bowl. You know, people keep asking me what it was like to beat my brother in the Super Bowl, and um, it was pretty awkward. <laughs> Especially because after the game, we had to ride home together. Our mom drove us there in a minivan. <laughs> it was really funny. It was great. good timing. Kelsey yeah. Bellarmine was great. It was a great show. Yeah. Uh, next up, Adele. What's more Vegas than Caesar's Palace? A wedding there, and of course, Adele's residency. Well, over the weekend, a newly married couple received the ultimate wedding gift when Adele actually autographed the bride's <laughs> dress during her wow. show. You can see the happy couple singing along with the star before she throws her John Hancock right on oh, that white wow. gown. That's Gabby, the bride, sharing the moment on Instagram, explaining in the caption that it was her dream to have Adele sing at her wedding. <laughs> so, mission accomplished yeah. and a big congratulations <laughs> to the happy couple. It's pretty cool. Next up, Jamie Lee Curtis, the Everything Everywhere All at One star, is on a roll this award show season, picking up her very first Oscar nomination after decades in the business. But over the weekend, Jamie Lee revealed that she plans on skipping an exclusive Academy Awards oh, event this is- for this very relatable reason. There is a nominee's dinner. An Academy Award nominee's private dinner on Thursday night that starts at 7.30 and I have declined. Now you might say, Jamie, you're nominated for an Academy Award. You're going to be in the room with only nominees for the Academy Award and I have declined. Why? Because mommy goes to bed early and I just, because 7.30 is going to be 9 before we get food and you know what? There's nothing good happening with me after 9 o'clock. Same girl, same. Jamie Lee Curtis, we salute you. Oh my gosh, I feel seen. Oh you know, someone tells I didn't me know something else starts ran through the math like yeah. that. Someone says 7.30 after 5.30. He's not even in yeah. yet. It's valet. It's going to take him an hour to I know. Get I'm like, are we at a club in Ibiza? It starts at 7.30 p.m.? Come on. I have to have my tea? No. All right, next up, Jake Gyllenhaal, the actor, working on a remake of Patrick Swayze's 1989 action flick, Roadhouse. On Friday night, Gyllenhaal spotted shooting scenes at an actual UFC event, flexing some very impressive muscles. Jake taking the stage for the weigh-in with his co-star, former UFC fighter Jay Haran. Uh, of course, we, we've we seen Jake do this before. He was in the movie Southpaw in 2015. He was ripped for that one, too. No word yet on wow. when the film's set to be released, but it looks wow. like he just might be giving Patrick Swayze in the 80s a run for his money mm-hmm. there. Got one more? Finally, quickly, the Girl Scouts. This year, they launched a brand-new cookie flavor called Raspberry Rally, oh. which has quickly become a customer favorite. Troops are selling out fast, leading some non-Scouts mm. to resell boxes oh. of this cookie at a big markup online, uh. driving what's typically a 5 or $6 box to 100 
hundreds what? of dollars. What? Like a hundred bucks for a box. So that's a black second, market for Girl Scout we, cookies? Yes. Secondary cookie market. We have a box here. We purchased these from Girl Scouts right here in New York. Are we allowed to open it? I guess, yes. Match is hot as raspberry today. Girl Scouts USA, while we opened the box, told us that they're disappointed by these sort of eBay resales of the cookie. They want people to know that only girl official troops should be selling these cookies okay, and the other ones now. take away. It's got like a thin mint outside. I wish that these ones are say, just I don't like, like a raspberry thin mint. So. You don't like thin mint? I don't mints? like thin mint. Mm. Oh my gosh, I don't think we can be friends I don't like anymore. Not a $100 cookie, what? but very good. Sorry. Hands are clean. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you it's can't get your hands on the raspberry, wow. there's exactly. other varieties still in stock. Okay. Okay. Oh, that, that's actually good. This is delicious. Guys, Chance the Rapper is right over there. He's taking the coach's chair for a spin. We'll talk about that. Boy, do we have a lovely, fantastic, awesome crowd. We want to say welcome in. And we got Jenna here who's joining our party. Hey, girl. Hi. I sure am. Welcome back, Hoda. We're so happy you're back. Coming up, you guys, I cannot wait to share my trip north to meet up with the one and only Margaret Atwood, the legendary author behind Handmaid's Tale and more. And, y'all, we got some huge news during our interview oh, that we're wow. excited to bring. Oh, what is wow. it? Nice. I'm not going to tell you until oh, our interview. That's a okay. tease. Okay. <laughs> it worked. Guys, The Voice returns tonight. Hey. How about that for a tease? And yes. we've got brand new coach Chance the Rapper right here with us after more than 20 seasons of the hit show. He is ready to reveal something. I never knew about those iconic spinning chairs, but get this, Carson, you didn't know I either. I did not know either. Oh, okay. Our friend Chance, who's been incredible. What is it? What is love it? Well, you'll find <laughs> out. You want to swap exclusive news? We can. Let's do it in commercial. Break. All right. Plus, an out-of-the-box lesson that's gaining popularity on college campuses. We're checking out classes that actually teaches students the business model of becoming an online influencer. Okay. Uh, then coming up in just a few minutes in the third hour, guys, with some huge movies coming out this month, we're going to tell you what to watch in March. We'll have our March Entertainment Roundup. And speaking of entertaining, by the way, tomorrow, coming up on today, we're going to celebrate 20 years of Top Chef with the one and only Pod Velasquez. That's cool. That's one of my favorite shows, ironically. Of course it is. (laughs) Of course it is. Miss Dylan, you got to check the weather. Yes, it uh, is going to get a little snowy here in the Northeast. We haven't talked about much snow so far this year, but we will see a little bit pass through overnight into tomorrow morning. We're also starting off the week with still that mountain snow out west, and that is going to continue, but it is a nice warm start down along the Gulf Coast. We are going to, on Wednesday, see the cold filter back into the Ohio River Valley. We'll drop into the 30s and 40s, so more typical for this time of year. We also have to keep an eye out for some strong storms back through the Midwest. And then we finish off the week with a chance of heavier rain down into the southeast, more snow and wind up across the Great Lakes, and the next storm will make its way on shore out on the West Coast, too. So once again, that pattern's staying very active out there. And that's your latest forecast. All right. Thank you, Dylan. Coming up next, Jenna had the chance to sit down with one of her literary heroes, the legendary author Margaret Atwood. She's got some big news for fans. She's got a big, big tease you're going to reveal in just a bit. But first, this is Today on NBC. Back now, 835 with Read More Today. Jenna's here. She's got uh, some news that's really a dream come true for you. <laughs> you know, sure I, the business world's got icons like, you know, yeah. Bill Gates and sports, Michael yeah. Jordan, yeah. LeBron. Mm-hmm. 
The book world has Margaret out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Jenna, you love her. You yeah. have like been reading her forever and you got to meet her. I sure did. Hoda knows how nervous yeah. I was I for this interview. Margaret Atwood is a best-selling author and literary legend. She, of course, wrote The Handmaid's Tale. She's a master of her craft. And at 83 years young, she shows no signs of slowing down. I had the privilege of talking to her about her life, her legacy, her new work, and some big news she oh so casually decided to drop mid-interview. If Margaret Atwood's life was a book, her love of reading would show up right there in chapter one. Our protagonist spent much of her early childhood in the Canadian bush. I was a very early reader because guess what? Nothing much else to do when it's raining in the woods. The remoteness and silence of the great outdoors gave Margaret's imagination space to run wild. So she began to tell stories. My brother and I were both early storytellers. He wrote quite copiously as a child. So I was his reader, and I thought, I can do this. Were your parents always encouraging of you? Did they see in you? No? Well, they didn't want me to be a writer. No sane parent would want that for their child. What my mother said famously was, well, if you're going to be a writer, you better learn to spell. And I said, others will do that for me. And guess what? I was right. We have spell check and we also have proofreaders. I love them. Though Margaret is now known for her best-selling dystopias, like The Handmaid's Tale. This is my first novel, Annie the Ant. Her earlier works were a bit more whimsical and at times swoon-worthy. I did have the lunatic idea in high school that I was going to write romance. And that was what got paid the most. So I thought, oh good, I will write these uh, romance stories that can't be hard. (laughs) So were those your first stories, romance stories? I wasn't good at it. I could not um, channel the required style. What is the required required style? The required style in those days necessitated a lot of asterisks at the important moments on the sofa. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. You knew then that you wanted to write. I was intending to run off to France, smoke gitan, drink absinthe, live in a garret, get TB, and write masterpieces, as one always assumes. And did you do that? No, (laughs) I didn't. I went to Harvard. Margaret would go on to write more than 50 books, have a bestseller turned into a hit TV show, and win the prestigious Booker Prize twice. And now at 83, she's coming out with a brand new book called Old Babes in the Wood, a collection of 15 short stories, bookended by tales about Tig and Nell, a married couple inspired by Margaret and her longtime love, Graham Gibson, who passed away four years ago. They were together for nearly 50 years. Was this helpful in writing it, therapeutic to you at all? As everybody knows who's gone through this experience, it comes in waves. Mm. There aren't these stages that lead inevitably to a point where you're not thinking about them at all. Life goes on, people get older, and some of them die. Your idea of what old is changes radically. So when I was in high school, I wrote a story about this really, really, really old woman who was past all hope. She was 40. (laughs) (laughs) That subtle yet sharp wit and humor can be found through all of Babes. The book is billed as fiction, but many of the stories are a nod to real people and places in Margaret's life. She steadfastly claimed she has no desire to write a memoir, but today 
good news for her biggest fans. I'm writing a memoir. You are writing a memoir? At this very moment. Wow. You didn't think you would ever write a memoir. Is that true? Or was well, that... that's the kind of thing you say in your youth. You know, you say that when you're maybe 70. <laughs> <laughs> so as you're writing your memoir now, how is it different than everything else that you've previously worked on? You can't just make stuff up. <laughs> wow. She's writing about her life now? She's writing about her life. Wow. She's writing a memoir. She's always said it was something she would never do. Huh. In this new book, there are characters that resemble her sister, mm -hmm. her late partner. Um, but this is a straightforward memoir, and I know many wow. fans are going to be very interested. That was a big exclusive, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Well, I'm wow. for, for literary fans, it's yeah. something we're quite yes. excited what about. What a character. Jeez. Yeah. She's hilarious. I would have loved to have read her memoir if she'd gone to France to smoke and drink. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> by, the Absinthe, way, by the way, she's Absinthe. hilarious yeah. and brilliant, and yeah. she could have been anything. She yeah. said her parents wanted her to be a biologist, and I said, well, could you have? And she said, yes. Yeah. Right away. Oh, Old Babes in the Wood comes out tomorrow. By the way, can we just thank the Thomas Fisher Rare Book Library at the University of Toronto for hosting place. us. By the way, UT, mm -hmm. I went to UT Texas, mm -hmm. but UT Toronto <laughs> is where Margaret oh. went to undergrad. Oh, cool. So it was very cool to be cool. back cool. there cool. with her. Yeah. What a gorgeous uh, backdrop. They, they nice. very rarely let people film there, but of course, yeah. when the queen <laughs> of Canadian literature yeah. comes, yeah. Yeah. they yeah. roll yeah. out the red I was to say, and Margaret Atwood was yeah. there. Too. <laughs> You're our queen. Uh, okay. I, I'm Jenna. American. <laughs> Jenna, thank you. Coming up next, he's here, Chance the Rapper. Oh, yeah. I'm joining The Voice, his hopes for Team Chance and a personal milestone for his own music. But first, this is today on NBC. And welcome back. His name may be Chance the Rapper, but since releasing his first mixtape more than a decade ago, he's added a few other titles to his name. He's an actor, he's a father, he's a husband, he's a philanthropist, and now, call him Coach. He's the newest coach for season 23 of The Voice. Yeah. Chance has a few tricks up his sleeve to convince people he's the one for them. Check it out. You only have one choice. You got Chance right here. <laughs> you still got Chance over here. <laughs> oh, my God! Oh! You got... Chance right here. Oh, wow. And even though my boy is blocked, you got Chance right here. <laughs> that Chance doing Make all the right. right choice, my boy. I'm going to give you all the space. I want you to win this show, and I want you on Team Chance, man. How do you say no to that? Yeah, you seem, you like, a, a, you seem like a veteran a already. Man. What, what, what was I it like to enter it? I mean, because you seemed like you didn't have any learning curve oh, it there. Was great. No, it was, it was cool. I feel like... Uh, the other coaches were so welcoming that it just like made me feel like I had space to cheat and become the only option. That was a great pitch, right? Like, that was a great pitch. I, that's how. I, that's that's how never I go. been done before. Well, people, that's new. People ask me all the time, "What makes a good coach?" On the Voice, I've said this a million times. I'm like, "Great people make great coaches." Oh, and for oh, people who don't coach. know Chance, as you get to know him as a man, uh, he's such a great human being, and it just translates tonight when you see it on the Voice. He's a great coach. You're a great dude. That's true. Know, it's true guys, it's so cool. Well, what's it like mentoring these young people? And what, like, what is your pitch? Because you always say, "Like, I'm not a vocalist. You can sing. Yeah, you can sing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yep. I mean, but, but what yeah. do you feel like is that you're bringing to the, to the show and to the contestants? Uh, my main goal in being on the show is trying to help the other artists bring themselves out of mm. their performances. Mm. Like, I want to give people the opportunity to show their identity, to tell their story through song and stuff. I mean, it's not so much about, like, 
turning them into an artist, but just giving them the platform to like be themselves, sing the songs that they grew up listening to, like really just present themselves fully. And like America will love them. Like all the people on my team are great artists and great people. You give great advice on the show. I wondered if you have received any advice that's, that stays with you today. Any advice that stays with me? Yeah, for sure. Actually, uh, shout out to, to Nico Segal, one of my favorite collaborators, horn player and producer. Uh, he always said since we were kids, uh, you never want to be a better musician than you are a person. Mm. See? That's I mean, what I'm talking right there, about. I just got a little chill when you said that. Speaking of chills, I heard something <laughs> about the climate control on the on the chairs. And this was even Ooh, Carson, who never gets to sit those in those chairs. chairs tell, them. tell us about the secret of the chairs. Um, I'm, I'm the leak. I'm the one yeah. that, that, <laughs> that dropped the info. Yeah, uh, basically... Our chairs with the, the famous red spinning chairs on the show. Uh, a lot of people don't know this. There is a, a heating setting underneath it to, to, to get yourself warm okay. and a cool setting too. Stop. Yeah, yeah. So if I your think bottom that's because is... of Blake Shelton. He's so old now. He needs temperature control. <laughs> Thank you. Have like Blake. a sweaty situation. Yes. You just, I mean, that's a luxury. Yeah. Yeah. So now you know America. <laughs> <laughs> we have heated seats on yeah. the voice. Um, what about new music, man? Tell yeah. me, about, tell me about that. Cause the new record that's coming out next year, you know, you've got like a, you've got visuals attached to every song. Yeah. The Starline Gallery has been, uh, well underway. I started it off when I first traveled to Ghana last year and I met with some of the like top contemporary artists, painters, sculptors, all types of different, uh, visual artists in the world and kind of started creating connections like overseas with artists in Jamaica and artists on, on the continent and. We basically come together and create new pieces. There goes my video right there. That's Child of God. That's a, a beautiful piece that opened up at the Museum of Contemporary Arts. It's so cool uh, because it feels like the creativity is going both ways. Yeah. Like the art to the music and the music to the art. Yeah. I think typically like uh, as like recording artists, we like make a bunch of songs, like 12 to 16 songs. And then we find one artist to collaborate with to make a piece that represents the whole album. Yeah. And with this, it like. Gives me a better opportunity to like give each song their own identity, mm. but also be inspired by the artist, like from the inception of the idea. Speaking of Jamaica, I heard you might be there soon for your big thirtieth birthday. Is that yeah, true? Yeah, actually, I am. Are you? Yeah. Throw down there? Put it out there. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm spending. Who's going? Day. The family. A friends. lot of people. I keep trying to invite Steph. Uh, cause it is my, my current, yeah, yeah, it's my 30th birthday. Right. So well, I'm here, to well, he's number 30 for yeah. the Warriors. No, yeah. I, okay. I really want him to be there, but yeah, uh, Jamaica Carnival is actually on my birthday this year. So that's where I plan on being. So I'll meet y'all. Carnival's Carnival. during your birthday. It's on April 16th. That's going to be fun. Yeah. You, I think you put it on Instagram. Something cute happened on your flight with LA. You were with your little daughter and a oh, very yeah. nice gentleman. Before you could <laughs> even ask. Yeah. You offered to trade seats. your seat so you yeah. could sit next to your daughter. What happened? So basically, I, I get on a plane. I spent like a month and a half in L.A. with you guys doing The Voice. And my oldest daughter, Kinsley, came out to visit me right before I left. And, you know, we packed up all our stuff, got to the airport. And I got on the plane and realized that our seats weren't next to each other. Mm. And so while I'm trying to, like, figure out if I want to inconvenience anybody by asking them, this nice, this really nice older dude gets up and he's like, she can have my seat right here. And then I looked him in his face and I'm like... Are you Martin Short? But I didn't say it. I just kind of whispered. I'm like, are you Martin Short? And he he just like oh closed his eyes, nodded. And it was so cool. It was Martin Short. Oh. That is so cool. Oh, yeah, right? The, and your daughter knows who he is, too. From uh, from the Santa Claus Santa 3. Claus. Yeah. yeah. The greatest Santa Claus movie yeah. in the franchance. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It is now. Jack Frost. Yeah. Oh, that is so cool. Shout Look Martin at Short. him. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a great dude. That's a cool story. And he didn't know who I was, either. That was the coolest part. Oh. It was yeah. just like... I know that this is a kid. Being a a good human. Yeah. Love when that happens. 
Chance the Rapper, good human, good musician. Yes! Good coach is what we're hearing. Yeah, Great. man. Watch tonight. It. The yeah. Boys, yeah, premieres tonight. Let's I go. know. It's going to be reminder, uh, actually reminder, season premiere. It's tonight, 8, 7 Central, right here on NBC. Chance, thank you so much. Coming up next, a lesson on learning how to be an influencer. That's right, over here, inside the Elite <laughs> College class. <laughs> We're posting on social media as part of the homework. But first, this is today on NBC. Woo! That's awesome. Thank Home you. Run. back with quite the fascinating trend that's spreading across college campuses. NBC Savannah Sellers is here to explain. I had never heard of this. It is interesting. And the thing <laughs> is, is it really is across the country, as you'll see in this story. Good morning, everyone. So as influencing becomes more of a viable career path, I mean, there is real money here for those who are willing to share their lives online. Some colleges are actually adding it to the curriculum. This isn't your conventional college course. I think you could have been a lot more direct with a hug, like, Let's see if Duke students can do the jerks. Instead of essays, TikToks. And recording rather than writing. Here at Duke University, students are getting an education in influencing. Is it crazy to you guys that during a class at Duke, you're making TikTok videos? This is really the only class I've been taking since I've been here where it's like, it's about what's going on right now. And they're putting their new skills to use. I gained 33,000 followers since I joined this class. Oh my goodness. I what just about had a, have you all? I just had a TikTok hit 600,000 views. And you feel it's directly related to how you're doing in this class, what you're learning. Paying attention yeah. to details. What is trend jumping? Remind us real quick. The course is called Building Global Audiences, and the 35 students in it collectively have 5 million followers. But the professor, Dr. Aaron Dinan, believes it's less about going viral and more about building a platform. So is this course for someone who wants more TikTok followers? You can take the course if you want more TikTok followers, but that's not necessarily what I'm trying to get you there. A big part of what I'm trying to do in the course is help you understand that there is a business structure behind social media. Some of the students in there who are still college students, hundreds of thousands of followers. I mean, that's valuable, right? The core of the class is that audience is almost more important than everything else. If you can have the greatest product in the world, but if nobody knows about it, then it's useless, right? It doesn't matter. So you always need to start any sort of entrepreneurial endeavor thinking, well, how do I reach people? Which includes hopping on trends, like I did with Dinan. Bingo, you get to go to the airport tomorrow. Airport? I'm not going to the airport. Or targeting your content to perhaps fellow Duke students. Classrooms across the country are picking up on the trend, from Owens Community College in Ohio to East Carolina University, where viral video maker Mr. Beast is helping launch a new creator program. And at USC, Professor Robert Kozinets wrote an entire textbook on it. I think people might hear this story and think, a college class that teaches you how to get Instagram followers, is that really worth college credit? What would you say to that? You have to be thinking about this is a bigger phenomena, something that's worthy of study by social scientists, not just a how to you know, hold your camera and take selfies. When you're an influencer, you're running your own business. You know, you are getting brand deals for yourself. You are shooting your own commercials. Essentially, you are editing them. Content creator Gigi Robinson, who never studied influencing in college, has over 140,000 followers on TikTok. She says learning these skills in school would have been a huge help. I think teaching influencer marketing and the creator economy in classrooms is really important because we need to teach the art of entrepreneurship. For these students of Dr. Dinan's class, they are ahead of the curve.
Wow. Did, did you I'm learn shocked. anything? Yeah. I know. It is I'm, I'm fully right? old lady on this. <laughs> right, my too. kids these days have a TikTok class. It's real. Okay. And that was a lot of what was going on in the class. Yeah. Actually Duke. just learning how to make them and get that many new followers. So it is to an extent working, but a lot of the courses are about the business structure that yeah. comes yeah. with it. How you sign a contract, make sure you're not, you know, getting a bad one and that yeah. type of thing that actually is helping people with their business. It's just a question of how long will this continue to be this career? Yeah, Got to reach yeah. the kids yeah. where they the are. The reality yeah. of where we're at. That could have been a Daily Show piece or a Today Show piece, but yeah. it straddles the line <laughs> yeah. of yeah. what seems sort of silly to us at our age, but what's totally relevant yeah. today. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Right. Okay. We're so old. Thank you, Savannah. Thank you guys want to go back Savannah. to college now? Come on. Fourth hour, we have Grammy-winning singer and actress Jennifer Nettles. Third hour coming up next. 